RPG fans, welcome to episode 29 of the Switch RPG podcast. Where's the enthusiasm? I'm one of your hosts, Philip, and I'm joined as always by my partner crime, Geo. PIC, as some people say. I don't know. The voice of the people, other people yes, say. All the people. Ladies and gentlemen, if this is your first time listening, this is the show from switchrpg.com that brings you all the exciting news upcoming game releases and the latest in the world of rpgs on the nintendo switch platform this week we've got a bunch of news for you we've got a nice question from paul nichols that we're going to answer yes we are and then as always we're going to set out on a side quest but for now Let's head into some housekeeping. We've got some cool stuff here. Ladies and gentlemen, got a little bit of a format change for you for the show. Something that Gio and I both love is evolving and figuring out new ways to bring the show to you. And one of those is when it comes to news. Don't know if you guys know this, but sometimes in the Switch RPG land... There, it's a little, it's a little barren sometimes. A little bit, yeah. It's a little barren. We're, it's between big releases on the Switch. There's not a whole lot to talk mm-hmm. about. So to alleviate that during those down times, if you will, what we're going to do is we're going to start incorporating, incorporating. We're still going to focus on on Switch stuff, but we are going to start incorporating some news from other consoles because we play games from other consoles. I mean. Exactly. Obviously, Switch are, Switch games will take priority and precedence over other consoles. But I mean, we we we're not we're not snobs here. We're, you know, we play other games. Well, that and I mean, if you've been listening for a while, you'll know that we've we've been sprinkling in games from other consoles when we feel like it really might affect the Switch. Mm-hmm. So we both think that number one, it will give us some more things to talk about, but then number two, it will give us sort of this broader vision of the RPG landscape as a whole. And that really does inform how things might work on the switch moving forward. You know, if you got a big release on another console, how does that affect the switch? Will it come to the switch later on in a year? Probably. Yes. <laughs> Anyway, right. so that that is something that you're going to start seeing a little bit more, um, and we hope you love it. Yeah. So with that out of the way, let's jump right into the news, shall we? We shall. And we are, yeah, we we shall. We are actually going to start with a game that is an RPG. It is an RPG, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. even though some on this podcast might. Mm-hmm disagree oh i'm sorry that I, is i was under the impression we were doing something else first but now i know where you're going at and i <laughs> i don't agree but as you were zelda breath of the wild the greatest rpg ever false invented. it is an rpg no no it's not 
from ZeldaDungeon.net, we've got the possibility of future Zelda DLC uh, in a recent financial earnings report. We get a quote here, and like I said, this is from ZeldaDungeon.net, uh, and just reading the quote, uh, we need to conti- we need continuous growth. We must keep releasing new software that includes DLCs and other contents for big titles that are already out. So it's possible that we've got more DLC for Zelda Breath of the Wild, and I feel like that's a game that we kind of thought was done. Yeah. Yep. Uh, just just out of the sheer silence that we've had right. since I guess it was uh, about a year ago because the game awards and we'll talk about the game awards here in, in a bit, but the game awards was when we got, you know, that, that last content drop. Right. right. So what do you think? Are you ready? Would you want to dive back into the wondrous RPG of Zelda breath of the wild? <laughs> well, considering, um, all right, for the sake of this argument, I'll consider it an RPG just for this argument, okay? Um, man, I put so much time into that game. I don't know. I don't know if I can go back into it, to be honest with you. And again, just for the, the like you said, the, the sheer silence that we've had, um, the, I mean, I, ha- I haven't been playing it. I've, I've moved, I moved on. And um, I've completed all that I need to complete. I, I really have no need to go back to it. It would have to be something really significant um to bring people back um if it's if it's not some sort of dlc like uh like torna is for xenoblade chronicles that massive Mm. i don't know that it's i don't know that it's worth their time um and i don't know um i don't i don't know that that's what they're planning to be honest with you but you know who knows who knows i I just think it has to be something really big i i I feel like I don't know. I feel like Mario might be because I, I didn't play Mario, but I know that it didn't quite receive the same like level of of DLC that that Breath of the Wild did. Did did Mario Odyssey actually get a paid like expansion? It didn't. DLC? It actually got free um, free DLC. It's been getting it consistently um, for the past. I think it's been about a year now. Um, so it's been getting free DLC consistently. Now the DLC is, you know, it's been really nothing earth-shattering or game-changing. Uh, it's been, you know, little sprinkles of things like they added like Luigi's balloon chase. Um, yeah, you know, it's been small, small things, um, but it's it hasn't it hasn't really been anything really massive or anything. But it's been free. That's why, yeah, yeah, and that's why I was thinking maybe that's that would be one of their bigger games that they could go DLC with since they haven't gone peel paid dlc or like an expansion type deal mm-hmm. uh breath of the wild i'm kind of with you and it's it feels really weird to say because it was a game that quite literally took the world by storm yeah. i mean we're talking a year and a half ago that's the game everyone's talking about right. and i just i just don't i just don't know if at this point you put something out and everybody's going to be jumping back in and droves. Yeah. I, I question, I question the, the decision if they're thinking about putting DLC back in on it. I question that. Cause I just don't know where else you could go with it. Right. You already got sort of a lot of features in that last one. Um, and uh, unless it's an area 
And even then, I don't know. It's like right. at that point, I'd just kind of be looking for a new game. Right. At that point, right. I mean, if they're going to do something sizable, if if it, if it really was going to happen, what I'd like to see, okay, it would be something from a different perspective, not Link's perspective. I would actually like to see Zelda's perspective. Um, maybe as Zelda, as Sheik, um, as a, you know, as her, I think being in her perspective would, would change dynamics. It would change the game a little bit and people may go for that. Um, or maybe if, maybe there's just working on the next iteration. And I think having an actual Zelda playable Zelda character would be interesting. Now, would you be thinking about Zelda during the time of Breath of the Wild? I mean, there's uh, she she's been battling him or Ganon for quite a while, apparently, while Link's sleeping. So, I mean, there's a lot of story that can be told in that time. I'm just wondering if it's all confined within the castle, though, okay. like just how much you could do. So I don't know, but I mean, okay. look, it, it's a game, and it, we're talking about an expansion. So they could come up, they could devise ways that she could still be in the castle, but then also out of the castle too. So right. yeah, I, I, that would just be my biggest concern. Would be like, sure. are, are we devising an expansion just within these walls? Yeah, that would that would definitely but, be hey, tough. I right? mean, yeah, but I mean, I'd be all for Zelda playable. Mm-hmm. I would definitely actually yeah. make it the legend of Zelda. <laughs> the legend. Yeah. I'm actually play as Zelda for the first time in a long time. Play as the legend. Right. Uh, speaking of a new Zelda, it looks like <laughs> earth shattering news here. They're working on a new 3d Zelda. <laughs> right. <laughs> and this is coming uh, from GearNuke.com, And that's that Nintendo has started working on a new 3d Legend of Zelda game is apparently recruiting for a level designer and a three C a three D CG designer. And then there's also uh, asking for people to understand uh, communication in Japanese for the development team. This really doesn't come as a surprise, right? right? We have a 3D Zelda that sort of was a game changer. It really was. Um, so it's it's not surprising that we already had we're already looking forward to the future. I feel like we probably are going to get some sort of 2.5D Zelda before 3D Zelda. So there's probably works on that sure. as well, but. Of course, they are working on a 3D Zelda, and you know, as if if we take Breath of the Wild as an example, I don't know if you can necessarily say this is the standard, but if you take that as an example, that thing was in the cooker for a long time, right. and I know you know we had a, a a console sort of start coming out. Yeah, they definitely probably when they were in mid cycle, right? So, so they held like up I said, a little bit, right? But I mean. We've begun a new 3D Zelda that we, we could still be looking at a substantial amount of time down the road. But curious, what would you like to see from the new 3D Zelda? Um, if they're not going to use Zelda as DLC, make make a Zelda game. Um, you could make it almost um, Metal Gear esque, have her sneaking around and 
and and use a totally different mechanic um and see see if that would work because you know as chic she was always kind of sneaking and sleeking around I, I think again it would provide a totally different gameplay than what we're used to so i don't know if people would accept that i would i think i would accept it because i'm bringing it up <laughs> but. well now if, if you kind of if you kind of did that and you went sort of like a puzzle mechanic could you sort of creatively bring in uh, sort of that dungeon aspect that kind of I know a lot of people were saddened that was a Missing, little bit lost right. in the shrines yeah. of Breath of the Wild. So yeah, Zelda uh, Geo could be bringing dungeons back to Zelda Thank you. by using Zelda. Right. If they do it, you heard it here first. first. That's right. They're probably no, they're probably not listening. They should be, but they're probably not. Because they like, Nintendo. Yeah, you know why they're not listening? Because they're like, Zelda's not an RPG. Why would I listen to the Switch RPG podcast? Just, oh, just, there we go. There we go. I, oh, I said it. I would, I would like to see the, the brand new 3D Zelda be just straight up RPG. I would just like, I would accept the, it. it. I mean, it's just un, undeniably right. RPG. Right. Just do it. That'd be perfect. I would love it. You set your stats and everything. You got like an agility stat. Actually, you can make a, a, yeah. a tank link. Perfect. Have a party. Would you accept that? Would I accept a party? Of course. Yeah, yeah okay. I'm. I, I come from. I come from Dragon Age land. Of course, I, I accept <laughs> a party. Only in fours. Only party of four. That's it. Party of four. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely, man. Um, all right. Uh, that's enough Zelda talk since it's not really an RPG. So, so we've got, we've got, we're talking about games that are RPGs and we're talking about games that aren't on Switch. What is this? What is this? This is the Switch RPG podcast you know and love. That's what it is. <laughs> From NintendoLife.com, we've got a, a bit of a different, a little bit of a different stride here. With a relaxing RPG adventure called, uh, let me see if I can get this right, Alchemic Cutie. You heard that right, Geo. Alchemic Cutie. That is the newest release from Circle Entertainment. It is about, like I said, it's relaxing. It's sort of a relaxing game about jellies. Jellies. Now, what do you mean? What does that mean, jellies? It is all about going out like jellyfish outside the colorful Wimba Island and taming wild jellies. <laughs> Along the way, you'll meet villagers. You'll enter jelly competitions and uncover secrets of the island. I assume that means jellyfish. I That's what I assume that, that means. In, in the trailer, you see an ocean. Like I said, it's an island. So um, I I I hope that that's jelly jellyfish, and not actual like cans of jelly. Um, yeah, especially in the ocean, right? It kind of makes sense. Now, kind of an off-topic question here: What is your opinion of jellyfish? Do they do they bother you? Do you don't mind? Do you not mind them? Have you ever come into contact with a jellyfish? I have never come in contact with a jellyfish, okay. uh, so I I must go with that I don't mind them. However, I have read enough 
horror stories and watched enough horror stories to know that those little suckers are awful. Okay, yes. And if I like woke up one day and I was in the middle of the ocean, first of all, we'd have bigger problems. But second of all, if I'm surrounded by jellyfish, I would be freaking out. Okay. Yeah, I mean, in the northeast here, we do have jellyfish and um they do come in swarms sometimes and and they're not I don't even know what kind the jellyfish are. Uh what kind what um uh, what um type they are or whatever. Um but yeah, when I see them around me, I do run run out like like I I don't know, like my hair is not my hair, but like I'm on fire. It's just cuz I don't have any hair. That's why I said that. Um yeah, anyways, they they do they do freak me out. Beautiful to watch from a distance in a in a tank at the aquarium. Not so much when you're swimming with them. But anyways, back to the topic at hand. Uh, a little bit of an update. While we were talking about jellyfish, I did confirm that it doesn't look like it is actually jellyfish. I'm I, it, looking at these screens in this trailer. It looks like it is like little balls of jelly that kind of hop around. Almost like slimish like from like, like a slime from Dragon Quest, okay. almost. But you collect them, and they're your friends. Interesting. And you can raise them on farms, so it's not ocean bound. Hmm. They're not. They're not. They're not locked to the ocean. Right. That's quite. That's quite the twist there. <laughs> it's quite. It's a land jelly. Um, I'm not sure what to make of this. I now I don't even know. No, I don't know. I have no idea. Yeah. So anyway. Alchemic cutie, beautiful. Alchemic cutie, look for that. Look for that. It's uh, it's, it's coming out next year. It, coming out next year on the switch. It'll be on sale soon. <laughs> yeah, it'll be, the 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 day it comes out, it'll be on sale. <laughs> uh, we've got more actual game announcements here. THQ Nordic, um, and this comes from a tweet from Nintendo Life. Uh, THQ Nordic is putting. Uh, three more games out for the Switch, all launching next year as well. We've got uh, Sphinx, and my eyes aren't good enough to read that small uh, subtitle there, uh, and, and and The Cursed Mummy, I think is what it says. And then we've got Unwritten Tales 2 and The Raven Remastered. Uh, Gio, have you played any of these games? I have, I, I have neither played them or heard of them, to be honest with you. Right, yeah, same. Um but um, they THQ is another one of those companies that are on board, totally on board with the Switch. So this is uh, good to hear, uh, and they have some good it, good titles there too. So, um, reading through reading through the comments on that tweet, a lot of people are highlighting Sphinx, um, calling it a hidden gem, a great game. Okay. Uh, it's been a long time; can't wait to play it again. So, look out for Sphinx, guys. Look out. Look out for this Sphinx. Um, all right. And then the last bit of Nintendo news comes from mynintendonews.com. And that is that America, the Nintendo America president, Reggie, Rich, our buddy. Our bud, and a friend in the business. A friend, a friend of the show. He needs to come on. Oh, yeah, of course. He says that we've got, quote, surprises brand new surprises for 2019 geo are we looking at a 2019 for the ages i think 2019 will be better than this year 
And this year had some decent titles. Um, I think the... It was no 2017. No, you know, 2017 was really excellent. And like, so far better than 20... We've only had a couple of years, right? So, um, 2017, definitely on top. Then we got 2018, kind of a a little slow. Uh, Respectable. Respectable. Okay, good word, good word. Um, Not a word I would use because I'm not a literary master like you are. Um, (laughs) But... Um, I think 2019 is is going to be a contender to to knock down 2017. I think so. Really? Yes. Well, well, you got you got possibly Pokemon RPG that that could obliterate everything. Um, depending on, on right, things. yeah. Okay, then you got uh, Fire Emblem. You're gonna have. Yeah. Um, I don't consider Animal Crossing an RPG, but um, you're gonna have Animal Crossing. Um, yeah, no, and I, and I, but I mean, I think that I think that you have to in the conversation of of twenty seventeen, twenty eighteen, right. twenty nineteen, you've got to look beyond RPG because really RPGs in twenty seventeen we had what Xenoblade Chronicles right. two that was about it because we yeah. we don't consider Breath of the Wild an RPG, right. but um, but. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is that you're we're getting all the games that we were kind of looking for this year, right. and that we're finally going to get right. them. So yeah, I think I think um, uh, Animal Crossing. I wanted to keep saying Village Town for some reason. <laughs> Animal Crossing. Well, I, I mean, fits we could be that, getting yeah. Town uh, from Game Freak as well. We don't we we sure. don't know anything about it. Uh, Bayonetta, I believe, is coming 2019. Uh, Metroid, we we still need a little more information. Uh, okay, okay. Um, I would love for that to be 2019, but again, if you can imagine all just those titles alone, it's just it's it's still pretty good. A lot of big hit. Yeah, oh, a lot yeah, of big yeah. hitters. And, there. Um, now is Yoshi? Is that coming? Is that coming in? De- is that Mar- coming in the winter it might be March. this year? Um, March of next yeah, year. So I, I mean, I mean, for some reason they don't. I don't think they. I feel like they don't care about the Yoshi game. <laughs> right. It's like, it seems like to get abandoned for some reason, but I mean, I'll be getting it. It looks really cool. It's yeah. Like got yeah the, it looks really it good. It's got the diorama um, set up. Um, but yeah, I, I 2019 is, is going to be quite the contender for sure. Uh, yes. Yeah, I mean, but I think, I think fire emblem is the big, is the big one there to hit. That's going to be good. Yep. That's going to be good, good, good. All right. On to other things uh, not quite Switch related. Now we're getting into what Geo thought I was I was going to open. <laughs> I was going to open with before you fooled me. I threw the breaking ball. All right. Uh, let's move on and talk about Blizzard for a second. Just for a little bit. Just for a little bit. Blizzard... I, well, I would say they made a rare miscalculation. Maybe yep. I don't. I don't. I don't watch Blizzard the closest, but from the distance with which I watch them, it seems like they can do no harm. It seems like they hit home run after home right. run. So they come out at BlizzCon this year and announce a Diablo mobile title. Did not go over well. No. As one might assume, except for Blizzard. 
<laughs> and I am a little bit confused by this because it was like they were caught off guard with the amount of backlash. Maybe because there's been 20, 25 years of them just doing really, right. really good stuff. Right. So what what did you what did you think about no. this whole announcement and backlash? All right, so here's my thing, right? They they obviously they charge people for this BlizzCon event. So people they're actually paid paid attendees. Now, from what I understand, Blizzard did inform them there will be no Diablo 4 announcement here. But to come out with a a Diablo mobile announcement and and treat it as like this is one of the biggest things we have for this event and that's really all it was that was their biggest thing that's all they had um i think it would have helped them had they maybe done what bethesda did and and you know you have your your um what is their mobile uh, bethesda's mobile game Blade, blades blades okay, so blades. so have it right and and then just let people know you're working on Starfield or your Starfield or your, you know, your Diablo four. And also don't forget, we got elder scroll six or we got, you know, I don't know what else the blizzard blizzard could have, but like, let them know that you're, you are working on this stuff and have something ready to show. I, I'm sure you could show something for if Cause it, it is known that they're working on Diablo four. And I think they could, they could have shown something, but just to, just totally misread the room like that. It just it's, it seems weird from a company like Blizzard to just totally misread everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And 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 one of the <clears throat> one of the quotes here. Uh, this is from a GameSpot article. Uh, one of the quotes here it says in a note to investors, research firm Cohen and Company said that Blizzard severely miscalculated how their fans would respond which suggests they aren't in touch with their players and maybe they should be. That was a little bit surprising right. to me. Once again, not the close I'm not the closest to Blizzard. It's not necessarily like a Square Enix or oh, and we'll get there. <laughs> but it's not really like a Square Enix or a Bethesda for me, right? But I do feel like for a while they've put out quality stuff and so to and not saying that this isn't quality. I'm not necessarily judging this before it comes out, but I am saying that it did seem odd that they were shocked that people would be against this idea of mobile right. because it seems like everybody's against mobile. I mean, if you're putting something on mobile now, you should expect some level of backlash until you can prove to prove to players that it isn't like your normal how we've come to expect mobile and you got to remember that the blizzard community uh is a mostly pc oriented uh good company so they're not even i I mean their games are coming to consoles but they're mostly pc and to go right to something like a mobile that's bringing something all like very new to this to this uh, population and that's a really that's a really good point because if you if you take maybe a Nintendo fan who has been playing on on DSs and 3DSs and and and, and mobile t- and mobile um portable consoles before that right. now we've got the Switch as portable playing like getting a Nintendo game like a Mario Run or something isn't 
as much of a stretch, right? Because we've been used to seeing Nintendo titles on smaller screens. So that's a great point that we are talking about a mostly PC audience that are very comfortable and 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 and, and like their environment mm-hmm. at the PC. Right. And now you're putting things on the phone. Yeah, it's just it's a very different. It's a it's a huge obstacle for them. That's for sure, and they're dealing with it. Yeah, yeah. So we will see. We'll see how how Blizzard handles that, and like what the what the game will actually be. Right. Uh, (coughs) All right. Actually, before you move on, we have a few uh, comments here. Um, Someone uh, warped uh, warped gamers uh, wondering if we've heard of the Mario Kart coming to mobile phones. Um, I have heard rumors about it. I I haven't seen anything concrete about it, um, like screens or anything like that. So. Um, yeah, I mean, with what, like you had mentioned, we're used to holding Nintendo things in our hands, so it's really not much of a change and, and, you know, that's not really going to bother me. It doesn't affect me. Um, I could see how it would affect the Blizzard, um, the core Blizzard audience for sure, Mm -hmm. because like I said, they're mostly PC oriented, so it's a big change. Yeah, and ha- yeah, have we? I think I think we've both. It's just we've we've heard about the Mario Kart. Mm. There really hasn't, in, in, and I'm trying to remember what even the name of it was. Mario Kart I think Tour it was Grand Prix. Or, yeah, I don't know. I think it was Grand Tour or yeah, something. Something like that. Uh, yeah, and so we don't really know. We don't have any details on like what it what it would, you know, what it would be. Uh, but I mean, I can speculate. It, you know, it would have some sort of online component sure. that's that, that's a part of the normal Mario Kart experience. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I would, I, I, I'm looking forward to more news on that because I'm a Mario Kart fanatic. So mm-hmm. you're not as good, as, you're not as good as me, but yeah. Okay. Ooh, we, we, Ooh, okay. <laughs> oh, that's a challenge. Oh, I'm, I'm seeing a, I'm seeing a video. I'm seeing a video <laughs> in the future. All right. Uh, here's a, here's a little bit of a follow-up, uh, follow-up story, right? Guys, you remember back a few weeks ago whenever I shoehorned in the the Waylanders RPG you did. into the show? I really did. I really did only because it was it was inspired by Dragon Age Origins. Um, at that time, a few weeks ago, the Kickstarter had not opened yet, mm-hmm. but I can announce as of uh, yesterday, as of Tuesday, no, I'm sorry, as of this morning, as of this morning. Uh, not only has the Kickstarter, you know, opened, uh, but it has reached its goal, mm-hmm. uh, and they've adjusted some some stretch goals as well. So it is fully funded, and is is looking like maybe in a couple of years, you know, how some of these Kickstarter games go, we might have uh, we might have this wonderful little RPG. Um, it is going to be. Uh, set in like an alternate universe of ours and like Celtic mythology. Um, it's going to have companions, dialogue systems, uh, uh, friendship systems, romance options, uh, party based RPG goodness. So get ready for that. I would, I would say go take a look at the Kickstarter, but by the time you're listening to this on Friday, um, it will have already passed. So. Unless you're watching it live on YouTube. It- Unless you're watching it live on YouTube. Yes, yes, yes. You can go look at it. The Waylanders RPG. Yeah, this is this is like right right up your alley for sure. 
Yeah, no, no. Was, yeah, yeah. I mean, this is like, here's my alley. And they just set up shop right in there. I was like, come on in, guys. Come on. <laughs> group hug, group hug, everybody. We've got, we got Dragon Age posters everywhere. <laughs> it's great. Uh, we actually All right, so we yeah. have another question. Go, go ahead. Go, um, go, go, go. Uh, who's your dream character for, uh, for Smash? Or who would you like to see for Smash DLC? For me, for me, okay. Um, go. Uh, I mean, they're doing it kind of Rex and Pyra. It just totally makes. Yes, I took it. It totally makes sense, right? <laughs> it does. Yeah. No. Yeah. It totally makes yeah. sense. So. Yeah. No. That that was that was that was my 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 answer. Um, I I I could see also doing. Well, I was gonna say Final Fantasy fifteen, but. Well, let's let's go ahead and get into that. Um, but yeah, no, but I could see like like a Noctis. That would be that would be interesting. Yeah. I I would like that. Um, yeah. So, all right, let, let's talk about some Final Fantasy fifteen for a second. Uh, for those who don't know, I think I accidentally closed this earlier. There we go. For those who don't know, this is coming from the Verge. Square Enix has canceled. The Final Fantasy 15 episodes that were supposed to come out, uh, they were supposed to roll out all through next year. The next year of releases for Final Fantasy 15 DLC, that has all been canceled. That was a total of four, uh, four episodes. And to add, to add insult to injury here, uh, uh, what's his first name? Um, ooh, ooh. I, I just, I was going to, I was going in on it. I was going to be really bold. Uh, Hajime, Hajime uh, Tabata, Tabata has left the company. Yeah, Tabata has left the company. Tabata was was the saving grace, if you will, of Final Fantasy fifteen. Uh, he was also the director on Final Fantasy Type Zero, which was a PSP game for Japan, and then was released as a remaster on PS4 here. Uh, and then was placed on the Final Fantasy 15 project when it was uh, was basically uh, lost at sea, really. Yeah. And he and he captained that ship, turned it around, um, and really sort of can be attributed to the success of that game, both critical and commercial uh, that it was. Uh, but now he is gone. Um, so, Gio, you you bring up a great question here in in the show notes. You ask. What our, has our opinion changed of Square, or what do we think about Square moving forward? Do you have thoughts on the matter? Um, I do. Now, the question I have though is the DLC that was planned was that prepaid DLC, or was it just kind of because what what my con- <clears throat> what my concern is whether it was prepaid or not is they sold <clears throat> they sold that to the fans that you know we're planning on all this stuff and now i don't i don't i don't think fans have paid for okay. it i don't think that they've paid for it right, right. Now. but they were still sold on their their continuing uh support of of final fantasy 15 sure and, sure and now we're yeah. well i mean they've canceled it so i'm assuming they're not going to pick that up or maybe they're they're, they're pro- there's a possibility for that i'm not sure but I mean, they're they're kind of hanging out the fan. They're hanging the fans out to dry here a little bit. 
Well, and they're also kind of hanging themselves off to dry because they've already sunk a lot of money into it. And I, 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 I had, I had the number in front of me the other day. It was, it was a lot of money that they've already invested in these things. And now they're just out that money. Right. Um, and, and they're out Tabata, their director. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the biggest, the biggest future thing here that, that does different is, at least to me, it was sort of assumed that he was maybe helming Final Fantasy 16. He kind of earned that title. Sure. Uh, and I was, I was going to be very excited to see him with this unbridled vision and not coming in and cleaning up. I feel like he was really in cleanup. He was in Kurt Schilling closing duty. <laughs> um, and so I just... I just don't. I just don't know now. Where does that leave us? They had just created a studio, put him at the head of it, Luminous Studio, and now and now he's gone. It all seems very abrupt. Um, his comment was that he has a game in mind that he wants to make. Uh, it's going to be his next quote unquote big challenge after fifteen. And in order to do that, he needs to he needs to create his own studio. So he's almost doing. Uh, the Kojima route here, right. creating his own studio for this, you know, big title yeah. that he's wanting to make. So, I mean, we can only hope that it'll be as good as Final Fantasy 15 was. I mean, I enjoyed Final Fantasy 15. I mean, it wasn't not my favorite, but, you know, it was it was enjoyable. I really wonder if this is sort of a barometer of some things going on behind the scenes at Square. Mm -hmm. If you have someone who's that talented, because I really do believe that Tabata is is quite talented. If you have someone that talented walking out to make his own game, I really wonder if that's because, number one, he wasn't, he's not satisfied with the state of of Square Enix, um, with the state of Final Fantasy. Uh, and then number two, I wonder if he pitched this game to Square and they would not make it. Mm-hmm. Now, some sort of semi-exciting things, some some wheels that that starts turning is there was a gentleman who pitched a Final Fantasy game that they did not accept. They went a different direction. He broke away, made his own company, and made this little gear called Xena Gears. Because I was supposed to, they, he pitched that for Final Fantasy VII, and it was not accepted. So, I mean, I that turned out okay. I, I, <laughs> that turned out okay. Now, I guess, yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I really, I wonder what we're gonna get from Tabata. I'm excited to get a Tabata, maybe unhindered by. Square Enix higher ups telling him what he can and cannot do. Sometimes ultimate freedom actually is is a bad thing. But like I said, I think Tabata is really creative and I'm kind of excited to see what he's going to do. And I'm really, really now wondering what Square is going to do, what Final Fantasy is going to do, because at least in my mind, he was sort of the face of Final Fantasy. Now we still have that Final Fantasy seven remake going on. Is he part of that with no, that was really Nomura's thing, yeah. but Final Fantasy 15 was also Nomura's thing, and it had to be handed off and fixed by Tabata. So I, I'm just I I am kind of now a little bit concerned about the state of Final Fantasy. Well, yeah, just Final Fantasy in general. I mean, but that that's 
that's Square overseeing everything, though. You know, so I mean, how maybe mm-hmm. that they're they're not handling these guys that that well. So I don't know. It's too bad. All right, Gio, I have Waylanders in my alley, but I've got something for your alley too. Let's talk about some Xbox real quick. Sure, sure, sure. Um, that uh, it's been rumored for a while. Uh, I think the past month that uh, developer Obsidian could be joining the ranks of Xbox, and it was indeed uh, at the the XO18 event, yep. whatever the the Xbox event. Uh, it was confirmed that indeed Obsidian is now making games exclusively for Microsoft and Xbox. Yep. Big get, but they also announced that they are getting a game studio in exile as well. So now we've got two tried and true RPG makers making games for Xbox. And if we've said anything on this podcast is that when it comes to RPGs, Xbox it's kind of lacking a little bit, yeah. and so this is this is a, this is a good step. It's a good step. What do you think? Um, I think yeah, no, it's definitely a good step. I'm, I was I, I've been actually playing games by both of these companies. So I've been playing yeah. Hand of Fate by In Exile, and I've been playing Wasteland Two um, by Obsidian. So I've been I've been playing two games by them on the Switch, and now um, that may that may be it, uh, which is good because it's good for Xbox because Xbox definitely needs their exclusives. In general, never mind exclusive RPGs, which they've been missing since the original—not the original, but since Xbox 360 with Blue Dragon. Sure. With uh, Tales of Vesperia initially was Xbox, Xbox ex- exclusive, then jumped over to PlayStation, um, and, and then Lost Odyssey. Um, I think Eternal Sonata was initially on Xbox, and then PlayStation got it. So I mean, they're they're missing a lot of that, and and, and this is. This this is going to be good for them. It, they're they're not too big. Um, they're smaller smaller studios. Uh, so yeah, I'm excited. I, I know that Obsidian has Wasteland three in the plan in in their plans. So um, they're already kind of maybe they're 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 going with that. I'm sorry, you're going to say something. That that's in exile. In exile's wasteland, right? Yeah. Um, in exile's wait. Is it? Yeah, and and oh, Exile okay. brought Wasteland two and is is making Wasteland three. Okay. Um, Obsidian uh, are the Pillars of Eternity one and two. I, okay. Uh, dead. So I had my game. I'm actually yeah. playing two games from In Exile then uh, with Wasteland two and Hand of Fate. Um, but Pillars of Eternity is is uh, for most people a, a game of the year contender. Uh, it's a, it's a great game. So. Um, and and just to sort of round out, give you guys some. Um, uh, if you're if you're if you're not sure what, really what Obsidian has done, some of the more recent things would be Pillars of Eternity one and two, uh, South Park Stick of Truth, Tyranny, Pathfinder Adventures. Uh, they are the masterminds of Fallout New Vegas, Neverwinter Nights two, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic two, the Sith Lords, and Exile brought Wasteland two, Bard's Tale four, Torment Tides of uh, Numenera, and now Wasteland three as well. Yeah, that's why so, that's why I got Obsidian um, crossed up with Wasteland because I mean they're very very similar. Uh, and the fact that they're yeah, post-apocalyptic, oh, yeah. oh, yeah. uh, turn-based strategy type of game. 
Most definitely. So I think this is this only spells good for Xbox. You um, you pair that with they got Ninja Theory, uh, and that that is that is three game developers making different stuff. I think that's big for Xbox yeah. and RPGs, which I think are big for Xbox too. For sure. Okie dokie. Let's round out our news segment here. It's a little bit lengthy, but we are making up for two weeks. It's yes. good to see everybody back after two weeks. Um, let's round out our news segment with talk of game of the year. This is always a, um, well, not, not say game of the year. I meant to say the game awards. Game awards, yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, this is game awards 2018, which, uh, airs December 6th. So just in a few weeks, uh, this is always a fun conversation for me. I, I love sort of award season. I don't know if that makes me uh, a, a total nerd, it, but it like, does. I, I love awards. Okay. <laughs> um, so we are going to talk game of the year, but we'll talk, we'll talk all the little nominations here and get, uh, get both of our thoughts on, on the stuff. And if you're watching live, feel free to, to throw in your opinions as well on these nominations as we run down the list. Uh, let's start off with, um, we're not going to go through all of these, but, uh, let's, let's start off with the big boy, the game of the year. Um, we've got Assassin's Creed Odyssey by uh, Ubisoft. We've got Celeste by Matt Makes Games. We've got God of War by Sony Santa Monica. We've got Marvel's Spider-Man by Insomniac. We've got Monster Hunter World by Capcom. And Red Dead Redemption 2 by Rockstar. Yeah, Gio, what did you think about this list of nominees? Um, unfortunately, I, I've been out of the loop with... Uh not out of loop. I, I don't have a PlayStation, so I can't play God of War. I can't play Spider-Man. Um, I'm glad. I'm, it's It makes me happy to see Celeste on there. Uh, having kind of an indie type um, on there, it's it's awesome. Uh, Assassin's Creed, I am not an Assassin's Creed. Uh, it, it's, it's got the Madden effect to me where it's just become this annualized franchise and I just can't, can't go for it. Although this one is, it's uh, praised highly, so um, but I the, uh, on this list, I played Red Dead Redemption Two, and Red Dead Redemption Two visually is is stunning. It's it's looks absolutely insane, absolutely beautiful. There are some issues with it, um, and I know a lot of people have rated you know around a nine, eight or nine. So it's not the ten I think that God of War got. Did God of War get a ten? Uh, for most outlets, I love a lot of places. Yeah, a lot so of places. it makes me feel like God of War might take this one away. Um, so it's just, yeah. What what I what I what I think is interesting is we do have a little bit of um, a little bit of variety. Uh, when I when I first read this, I was like, "Wow, that's a bunch of open world games." But it's really not. Assassin's Creed Odyssey would be considered open world. Red Dead Redemption Two would be considered open world, and I guess Mar- uh, Spider Man somewhat is, is sort of open open area, open concept, open world. But God of War is not really open world. It was it was it was actually surprisingly on rails. You can go to various areas, but it's it's pretty raily. Yeah. Um. And then you've got a platformer, and then you've got a Monster Hunter game that isn't technically open world. It has big zones, but it's not. And the the the, the thing about that the game is just hunting monsters. We're not talking about a narrative at all. I so, I think that one's the oddball of them all. To be honest with you, I'm surprised that one's really on the list. But it will. You really have to. I now that this thing, the thing that it's fighting 
is that it was so long ago. It doesn't even feel like this year, but I guess it was like January or February of this year. It was the talk of the town for a long time. Okay. It was so big. Everybody, it seemed like everybody was playing Monster Hunter World. It truly, it truly did. Um, it did something for that that series that we've we've not seen before. Right. Uh, so I, I I'm glad that it's up there, but I I agree with you that it is sort of the different one because it's not. It it has no narrative. Mm-hmm. The gameplay loop is simply go out, kill this monster, gather the stuff, go out and kill a bigger monster. Right. That 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 says a lot for just how popular it was that, that it got on there. Um, we've got best ongoing game. Uh, we've got Destiny Two from Bungie. We've got Fortnite from Epic. We've got No Man's Sky from Hello Games. We've got Overwatch from Blizzard and Tom Clancy's Rainbow Six Siege by Ubisoft. Now to see No Man's Sky, like the I was I was going <laughs> to say that the fall from grace that it, that it had, and then the the rise and uh, fame it it's now become. Um, it's it's pretty surprising to be honest with you to see that there. Um, but it's surprising and 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 that's good. It's kind of yeah no it's it's kind of uh, inspirational a little right. bit because like. They got kicked in the teeth hard. Well, they did it to themselves, but... I was about to say, a lot of that was self-inflicted. Sure. A lot of that was self-inflicted, but to get... Even even though it's self-inflicted, to get kicked in the teeth that hard and not give up on, on that thing, because it would have been just really easy to be like, wow, we, we just really right. messed up, and we're just going to move on. Uh, but not only... I mean, they moved on in a positive way, just kept putting out stuff for that game. So, interesting to see that right. there. Uh, Rainbow Six Siege was another game that really kind of took over mm-hmm. so many. I mean, it's one of the most streamable games, obviously with Fortnite as well. But but Rainbow Six Siege just pretty pretty incredible. Um, I find it interesting that Fortnite is on here and um, uh, Battlegrounds is not. I don't know mm-hmm. how many people really remember that head to head right in the thick of things when it was going on. Uh, but battlegrounds technically came out with this battle Royale thing before Fortnite. Fortnite was like, well, let's capitalize on that. And then Fortnite blew up. Right. So it's so interesting to see Fortnite as sort of the, the hailed as the, the epitome of, of battle Royale when they kind of got in on it late, but and kind of but, took the but idea on everything. They're literally on yeah. every platform available, so I, I, I mean, that's why it's there over Pub PUBG. But they're on every platform and they're optimized for those platforms. It may not play perfectly, but it plays pretty dang well on everything that it plays on. And that, yeah, you're right. You cannot say that about PUBG. Nah. It's on PC and it plays decently. Yeah. It plays. It plays pretty good. <laughs> But then it's on Xbox and it it's, it's t- not it's great. Rough. It's not yeah. great. So yeah. yeah, definitely it's if it's not playable on the consoles it's meant for, it's just not a good situation. They're not they don't deserve to be on there. But you're right, they were they were the first, but that doesn't mean anything. Best game direction we've got a way out by Hazel Light Studios. If you remember last year's Game Awards, we had an interesting, uh, <laughs> interesting piece with a way out. That guy was got to go look that up. You got to go look that up. Uh, we got Detroit Become Human. 
uh, God of War, Marvel's Spider-Man, and Red Dead Redemption 2. So some uh, some double dippers here. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, co- uh, console exclusive here. Uh, we've got God of War, Detroit, and Spider-Man. Three out of the five right. are console exclusives. That's, that's interesting. I saw some, some conversation on Twitter about should console exclusives really kind of be in their own category? Cause it's, it's weird for these things to be getting game of like game of the year awards when there's a large portion of the, uh, 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 of gaming like you who haven't, who haven't had the chance to play them because they are exclusive. Do you, do you, do you subscribe to that at all? Or Um, are you okay with seeing this? I'm okay with seeing that. I mean, it's just, it stinks for the the end user for the game, the person playing the games that we can't play them. But I mean, I mean, if they deserve to be uh, awarded something, then they deserve to be awarded something, regardless of what console they're on. In my opinion, we've got best narrative once again. Uh, some repeats. We got Detroit: Become Human, God of War. Uh, Marvel Spider-Man, Red Dead Redemption 2, and then we've got a new one, uh, Life is Strange 2, Episode 1. Good to see that on there, a little bit smaller of a title. Um, but Life is Strange uh, is 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 a is a title that a lot of people love. Yeah. I mean, people who've played it just absolutely love it. So I'm glad to see that being nominated. And I would love for it to, to sneak out with best narrative out of, out out of, of that, that group. That grouping. Wow, yeah. I mean, essentially, game direction and narrative are almost the same. It's pretty funny. Uh, well, I mean, I'm guessing narrative would just be straight story, up story, right. and like game direction would just be, I don't know, like behind the scenes, everything, all the mechanics and everything. Yeah. You know how everything kind of comes no, together. What I meant was like they're almost essentially the same. Games. Oh, oh, oh yeah, 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 yeah. The same nominees. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. That that that's very strange. Yeah. The only difference would be substitute a way out for for life is life strange, strange. Yeah. yeah um best art direction this is an interesting one because i i have a clear-cut winner here uh we got assassin's creed odyssey god of war octopath traveler red dead redemption 2 and then return of obra din uh-huh. uh and i've not heard of that at all actually so um good to see octopath traveler yeah. um Visually, I, I think it might have been a. Sh- they're doing something very yeah, different yeah. between all malls. So, I, I was, I was going to, I was going to be, I was going to be disappointed if we went through this the nominations without seeing Octopath Traveler. I think it obviously would have been a stretch for it to try to get Game of the Year, um, because it's a console exclusive on a console that. While a lot of people have, it's just not as widespread as the PS4. That's the thing about the PS4. It doesn't matter if it's console exclusive because like it's got a player base of something that's not console right, exclusive, exactly. basically. Um, so I'm glad to see Octopath Traveler there. But to me, God of War has best arc direction, in my opinion, to make a game that doesn't have camera cuts. Yeah. That's bold. That's an art that that is a a style of art that we haven't seen in games, and I I, I hope I hope that it, it comes away with the because yeah, comes away just with. that aspect alone. When I had heard that, and then I you know I'd watched a lot of gameplay just to see if I could you know just see, to see what it looked like, and it, it looks it looks really cool. It looks really amazing. 
because not okay so doing it is 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 bold enough but then doing it and doing it in a way that i i when i was playing it i didn't really notice it yep. and that's the big thing is you you don't want your players to to notice how the camera hasn't cut in a while just like in a good movie it's just it is so sort of immersive that it's like you know i'm 20 hours in oh wait yeah, the cameras hasn't ever cut. Yeah. How 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 are they doing that? Yeah, you want it to really be just that smooth, right? Um. All right, we're gonna do a few more. We got a best score and music. We've got uh, Celeste, God of War, Marvel's Spider Man, Nino Cooney Two, Octopath Traveler, and Red Dead Redemption Two. No, a couple of these. A couple of these. Uh. Are, are good to me. What are you thinking? I'm thinking, where's Xenoblade Chronicles two now? Was that a, a like? Well, that was last year. Was that? Oh, are you talking about? Are you talking about Golden Country? Because I mean, no, because Xenoblade Chronicles was, two was released last year. Right, though. I understand that, but it didn't make the cut for the previous year because it was released after the Game Awards. Oh, yeah. So, like, they totally got like hosed in all of this. So is it? Is it? Is it from last Game Awards? I don't. I don't know. Are we including December? That's a great point. Are we including December? I don't know because because if that's the reason that it didn't make the cut, that is yes. a tragedy. It really is because that's a crime. Because I think for music, it should be it should be in there. I mean, not contender for Game of the Year uh, with that grouping. No, um, but for music, it's it's up there with Octopath Traveler, in my opinion. Now you got me mad. I agree. Yeah, I agree. Um, I think I think uh, Two also had a strong soundtrack. I thought that was a a good soundtrack. Octopath Traveler has a good soundtrack. I've got to say though, guys, God of War has a phenomenal soundtrack. Yeah, it is one of those soundtracks that you can listen to without playing the game. Um, it it has that epic gravitas just if you want if you want good like running music or something god of war god of war is that it's like that old sort of norse it's great it's great running music that's funny um (laughs) uh, i i i will also plug banner saga three okay banner saga three they're in here with by austin wintry but austin wintry deserves to be best score music it deserves to be a nominee yeah he deserves to be a nominee. Okay, I haven't played Long three. Time. I haven't played three. Um, but I mean, one and two are really good too. Funny story about Nino Kuni two. Um, I know it's not well received. I, I think it's more because Nino Kuni one is just so good. Um, it, I I bought it. I don't have a PlayStation four. I I know I I I will eventually get a PlayStation four, but it was on sale so cheap, and it was like the premiere edition or something. I bought it for fifteen bucks. I couldn't. I couldn't pass that up. And, and I know it's something. Wow, that's a good price. Yeah, and I know at some point I'll love that game. So uh, yeah, I, I, again, I don't even have a PlayStation Four, and I bought the game. But um, yes, as you were. Um, let's let's skip down to best indie game. We've got Celeste, Dead Cells. Oh, sorry, Dead Cells, Into the Breach, Return of the Oberdin, and The Messenger. I I think. Um, dead cells may come out of that um mostly because of the the publicity (laughs) the publicity (laughs) um that they had oh man um 
I I think I think Celeste is going to struggle with the same thing that Monster Hunter World did, and that that was one of the first to come out. It seems it seems so long ago that it came out, but once again, it really was one that took gaming by storm. Yeah. I would love to see it. I would love to see it uh, rise to the occasion there with best indie game. Yeah, no. If it um if it doesn't win game of the year, it'll it'll win independent game. It has to, right? It almost it's almost uh it almost makes sense, really. It would be sad if it if it lost both of them. I know. <laughs> it's like it could be nominated for game of the year, and, but it can't even win its own group. Yeah. Yeah, no. I, I I think it'll win that. I was only saying Dead Cells because of again what the publicity it had. Uh all right. Well let's uh let's skip down to the one that matters the most. Yes. Best role-playing game. Now we've got some uh, some obvious choices here. We've got Dragon Quest XI. We've got Monster Hunter World, Nino Kuni 2, Octopath Traveler, and Pillars of Eternity 2. Ajio, where do you go here? I really want to say Octopath Traveler just because it's the only Nintendo title on there, but I don't I'm not a f- I fell out of love with it. We know, we know at this yeah, point. We know at this yeah. point. Um I want to say it's going to be Dragon Quest Eleven. That's what I feel. I feel it in my bones. Uh, Pillars of Eternity is is up there as well for me. Um, yeah, I'm gonna have to say Dragon Quest Eleven. I uh, I feel like you're right in that. I think that's what will come away with it. And I, I'm a little disappointed because I think it would be great for Octopath Traveler to win, for it to be a console exclusive once again on a Nintendo platform. Mm-hmm. So it's not the most out there thing. It was uh, something that we were excited about that was a lot more successful than we kind of even hoped or could imagine it could have been. Regardless of if you like it or not, it did a lot of interesting things yeah. and that was like the royal you yeah. right not just geo but regardless of, of your feelings i feel like it did a lot of things really well it was sort of square returning to this classic square that we loved now Tabata's not there and we don't even know the only thing we can grab grab onto is is, is octopath travel this is all we That's have all we at this point it's all we've got uh so I would love, I would love for it to come over with that. I think you're right, though, that Dragon Quest seems like the obvious choice, but, but just like with Celeste, Monster Hunter World yeah. nominated for Game of the Year. So even if it doesn't win Game of the Year, it's a strong contender for RPG of the Year. Yeah, I guess. I just, I'm just not a. It is an RPG. No, though. definitely yes. I will. Okay, okay, okay. I was like, <laughs> we can't have that debate. No, no, can no. We? We're not having that debate. It is. It is an RPG. It's just not my, not my thing. It's just not for. Right. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Um. I've never really. I mean, I've tried to play it. It's just I just can't. I just can't do it. I mean, Monster Hunter World. I feel is a very different thing than than the other games are. But I don't know. I'm not not. Not sure, but your Banner Saga three is in um, best strategy game. Yep, yeah, that's the la- last last one I'm going to read out. Best strategy game, and uh, it's Banner Saga three, and that's the only nominee in there. Um, it just automatically comes away with a win. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, I don't. 
I, none of the others matter. It, it's Battletech, Frostpunk, End of the Breach, Valkyria Chronicles 4, and Banner Saga 3. Banner Saga 3. Bingo. Done. It's over. Yeah. yeah. I announced it right here. Uh, although I will say Valkyria Chronicles 4. Yeah. It's between those two. Seems like a really probably. good game. Yeah. A lot of people liked End of the Breach, though. They really did. Yeah. They really did. But it's Banner Saga 3. That's it. That's it. You heard it. There it is. All right, ladies and gentlemen, that was, uh, I told you, that was, we're making up for last week. That was a great news segment. Yes, yes we're just ending the news segment. <laughs> so strap in. Uh, let's talk about what we've been playing this week. Geo, hit me um, with what you've been playing. I've been playing an indie game, uh, Diablo 3. Oh, yeah. The little, the little baby game. Baby game. Uh, small. Is that the mobile? Is that the mobile the version? The mobile? Uh, no, no, not the mobile version. Uh, so I've been doing Diablo three. I've been playing a lot of that with uh, with some of the Switch RPG folks. Um, also, I've been playing uh, Transistor, um, the creators of uh, Bastion. I've been doing. Um, I actually just got into the Breach. Um, I'll be playing a little bit of that. I haven't started that quite yet. Um, I've also I wanted. I bought um, Cosmic Star Heroin. I'm not mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. So I think. I'd like to try that one at some point. It's just there's there's just way too much <laughs> right now. It feels like we went through a period where there was nothing, and now all of a sudden everything's just getting getting thrown at me. But uh, yeah, I've been doing a lot of a lot of Diablo, a lot of Diablo, clearing out rifts. Excellent. Speaking of, I could not have asked for a better. Uh, I could not have asked for a better segue. Speaking of clearing up rifts, I've also been clearing up rifts in what little time I've I've been able to put to gaming the past couple weeks. I've been playing Dragon Age Inquisition. And for those who don't know, closing rifts in that game is is sort of the is the gameplay loop. Yeah. So um Damn. that's what I've been doing. And I can officially announce that I have finished Dragon Age Inquisition for the very first time. And I can say, at this point, with Definity, I love this game. Yeah. I, I, I don't just like it anymore. I've, I've said... In fact, if you go back and listen to the first couple of episodes, I believe when we kind of talked about Dragon Age Inquisition, I was down on it pretty pretty significantly. Yeah, I do remember, and that. I had I had a lot of a lot of negatives to, to say, and I and I I was like I enjoyed it, but it it just didn't give it it got me this time. It got me this time. I love it, and for those who've listened to this show for a while, this might sound heretical, but. I've been slowly making the case with myself that I now like it more than the greatest game of all time, Dragon Age Origins. I've been making the case with myself and trying to be like, objectively, I might like it more. I mean, that's like picking between two kids. You just... That was that, that was very difficult to admit. I mean, I do have a favorite. Um, oh, boy. No, <laughs> no. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, you can like them both equally. You can you can love them both the same. They're both they're both different in their own little ways. They are different. They are different. Um, they are different. 
And you can like them both the same. I mean, you could just but anyway. you could say Origins was your first. That's all you can say. Yeah. I guess. So I'm supposed to say Inquisition is my most recent? Like, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, so Dragon Age, uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, very good game. Uh, would love play, to play the DLC someday. Uh, just phenomenal. I think it's I think it's phenomenal. It get, Much like with Square Enix, I'm concerned about the state of, of Dragon Age 4, but... Dragon Age Inquisition, I can say that was a really, really good Bioware game. Yep. So, well, yeah, Bioware's in trouble. So, Ooh, who oof, knows? Oof. Who knows? All, all my loves, all my loves. I'm just, I'm concerned about. It's too bad. I'm concerned about. It's too bad. <sighs> Ladies and gentlemen, I've also been playing Red Dead. Sorry. Oh, uh, you kind of teased yeah, that a little yeah. bit earlier, but, but yeah. Uh, What's your, what's your, well, real quick, what's your general consensus of that? You said visual, you, yes, when yes, you yes. had the chance to talk about it, you said visually it was stunning. Because I have, I do have some issues with it. There are problems with okay. it. And I think, um, I think when, say for example, um, you're looting, uh, I, I don't know if I mentioned it before, but you're looting a, a, a chest of drawers or something like that. There, it goes through this entire animation of opening the drawers, and it just really slows things down. Um, or if you're looting uh, something that you've just, uh, you know, annihilated, um, or you're skinning an animal, it goes through this animation, and there's no quick way out of it. So you're, you're, so it really slows wow. the gameplay down for me. Anyways, some people don't mind it. Um, it just takes, I don't know, it just takes a lot of time between things so you can't just quickly loot something and then move on your way you can't you can't do it you can't do it that's one of those situations where realism to me negatively impacts gameplay because yeah. i'm all for realism but at, at at the end of the day this is a game mm-hmm. so there is going to be some gamey things and i think that's a good thing and it's funny that you brought up um uh, looting animations that was one thing that was one big negative for me in inquisition because every time you loot something you kneel down yep. and you like rummage through or uh yeah you like open a chest or something like that but there's there's animations for everything and the thing that got me past that this time around was I downloaded a mod that removed That's all the animations. <laughs> I, I yeah, it removes all the animations so you just stand there to loot things and it made the game so much more playable. Right. So I am totally with you with animations for looting. Yeah, some people might be like, "Oh, that's just like half a second." But I loot 3 million things right. over the course of this playthrough. So that's a million and a half seconds. Yeah, that's that's the whole, that's a lot of yeah, minutes. Yeah, that's a lot. That's the whole point of an open world kind of game like this is you need to loot to to get money, to get uh, ammo, to get everything, and and especially in the beginning of the game, you bait you have nothing, so you're trying to collect all this stuff, and you and then you're opening up a, a you know a cabinet, and it's like oh my god, like can we just move this along, please? Can you imagine if there was a looting animation in either like Skyrim or Fallout? No, <laughs> no. Oh my god! No. It's like every time you went to do that, you gotta like kneel down. Oh god, that would be terrible. You can't. You can't just like 
Just sh have a pop-up window, please. Just just move. This. Let's go. I got things to do. Game developers, it is okay for your game to be a game. Yes. Yeah, you got it. It's not. It's not going to throw anybody for a loop. Whenever it looks real, and then it's like, oh, there's a looting window, and I'm just standing here. Like people will fill in the blanks. I promise. <laughs> We've been doing it for thirty yeah, years. Yeah, you know, right? Like we can fill in the blanks, right? Or at least have an option to turn them off. Yeah, I don't know how they would manage that. That would be wonderful. That's not. That's not my job. If a mod can do it, my thing is, it's like if a mod could do it. Uh -huh. Right? I mean, is I mean, it, it can't be that hard. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. I'm like, Jim did it in his basement. Like, Jim in his basement <laughs> made a mod. Thank you, Jim. Paid Jim $25 or you know, $100 or something for his labor. Yeah. And just add it into your game. Please. Anyway. Yeah, just, just have the option. Like, non-realistic option whatever i don't care <laughs> yeah like arcade yeah options. i just it's i like just a, want to move along the arcade man. version I, the arcade version doesn't have looting animations <laughs> it'd be perfect yeah but that's that's one of the things so i mean everything All everything right, else is ladies, fine but whatever i'm sorry <laughs> continue <laughs> ladies and gentlemen it's time to hear from you finally Remember, we're all about community here at the Switch RPG Podcast. So if you want to be part of the show, you can email your questions using our email form at switchrpg.com slash podcast. Or you can head over to our Discord server and post in our uh, podcast channel there. Almost called it a thread. Our channel there, and that is podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. Discord.switchrpg.com. Anyway, we got one question this week from last week, but we're answering it this week. Paul Nichols, friend of the show, I believe uh, we we officially announced that he was in the Switch RPG Podcast Hall of Fame. Yeah, yeah certainly is. So if you send in enough questions, you can you can uh, you can be nominated in our Hall of Fame, like Paul Nichols is. He, he will get nothing other than just. And like, is there a specific criteria, like a number of questions that you have to send? I no. no. But, you know, when you're the first at something, there doesn't have to be criteria. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's just it's just like uh, it's like the Vince Lombardi trophy. Now it's just like the Paul Nichols right. trophy. We just make it up. You know, it's just we just made we just made him <laughs> Hall of Fame status. <laughs> he asked, do you prefer scaled or static leveling models in an RPG? Just to make sure. And thank you for your uh Number one, your question, but the number two, your clarification here, because we know how definitions just run wild in RPG land. Just to make sure we're in, uh, using the right terms, let me give a quick explanation and examples. Scaled increases the difficulty as you level, as in Skyrim, and static means that they are the level and the difficulty they are regardless of your level, as in Morrowind, which for all of you younger players was a game that actually came out before Skyrim. Oh. There was a game that Bethesda made before Skyrim, and one of those was Morrowind. Morrowind. Yes. They made a few, actually. They did make a couple. <laughs> a, a couple. <clears throat> uh, so... Do you have a preference here? Do you prefer scaling or do you prefer static? Um, I'm going to say static. 
and I have an example of this. I'll go to Xenoblade Chronicles 2, where the enemies have all different levels and they're mixed. So there isn't like a zone where there are higher level enemies and the lower level enemies are noob town versus end of game town. They are just mixed everywhere. So one big complaint I remember seeing when Xenoblade Chronicles 2 came out initially was, you know, the game opens up, the world opens up. And, and actually, you see this in X as well. So the game opens up, and all of a sudden, you're greeted with this giant primate-looking thing that is level 80, and he's just roaming around, and he just annihilates you. Um, so I kind of I kind of like that when the, when it's just it's just like a mixed static, if that makes sense. Again, I don't want like a noob town and and the game town. I want it to be all blended together. Although I don't mind when in, when everything scales to your level. I don't mind that. Um, but I think having a mix is, is kind of interesting to me. That's what I think. I think I will also go static. Um, because I like the feeling of progression that you get when you are exploring... And you kind of hit a wall because you realize that the enemies are too strong for you. And so you can't go further till you go back, you level up, you get better gear, and then you go back and just kick their butt. And, and that you get that sort of reward, that feeling of accomplishment right. um, or progression because now I can take on this enemy. Mm-hmm. And then maybe as you're exploring more, you come to that sort of level jump again and you need to, to reach that. So I kind of like that from a progressive pro- progression sense. Um, I, I also, cause I was, I was thinking about this and um, I was trying to decide what breath of the wild technically was, if it was scaled or if it was static. Well, and I feel like it is a mix of both. Well, it's not an RPG. So, I mean, we could just throw it out <laughs> the window here. Um, but yeah, but, but because I think, because I, okay. Like, cause let me, let me set it up this way. My thing with, my thing with scaling is to me, I lose a little bit of that feeling of accomplishment because, uh, especially in a in an open world games, this happens a lot. Because if if it's really me versus this environment, this open environment, I'm going around and um, I'm I'm exploring this right. Typically, you're 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 put in a hub to begin with in a city, and you're supposed to explore out from that. So. To me, it almost takes away from the accomplishment when, as I level up, the enemies sort of around that starting area also strangely get a lot stronger too. Mm-hmm. Because it was like, yeah, but I mean, I kind of I conquered this zone. Yeah. Why am I always kind of now? Now, whenever I fight a goblin, he's 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 still like at level fifty. He's still giving me some challenge. Yeah, what did that goblin so do that, to earn a level up? Honestly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, I know from a gameplay perspective, it extends the life because then you're not just rolling through trash. But I also think it kind of takes away from from the progression, from the 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 feeling of accomplishment. So, going back to Breath of the Wild, what I was thinking, it does something interesting in that I think for for various stages, it's it's static because I think you have that starting plateau, which is sort of in the middle of the, of the world map. 
And the further away you get from the starting point is where the harder and harder enemies are. Yeah. Sort of around that 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 middle, you've got your easier enemies. And then in any direction that you go, the further away you get, the harder the enemies become. And then it does this interesting thing with once you get, I can't remember if it's you complete a certain amount of shrines or if it's you complete a certain amount of story, like story things, the entire world levels up. So then that's where I guess the scaling comes in. But as far as I remember, it's still like the easier mobs are sort of in the starter areas. Mm -hmm. And then once again, the further you get out in any direction is the more, quote unquote, more difficult Yeah, mobs. and then the enemy types, uh, they're different depending on their color. So yeah, that's when you see that, mm. that change. Um, I think Fallout 4 does something similar to that where you started in the middle uh, where the vault is and then as the further, you away, further away you get from that, the harder enemies are, uh, the different levels they are. I'm trying to think, um, Dark Souls, I want to say that the enemies scale with, uh, as you get stronger, but I mean the the feeling you get when you defeat a boss, anyways, is like it's like total jubilation. It's like you've just conquered the world when you when you yeah. beat something. So, um, I think Dark Souls is a scaled RPG that does it really well. So, and, and it's it's a tough call. It's a tough call because I know that the scaling allows allows you to do so much more because in an open world. Uh, the game developers technically don't they don't know what you're going to do first mm -hmm. especially like in a game in like Skyrim right a game like Skyrim you can once you once you sort of get out of that tutorial area you can do anything you want so there's no way for the the game devs to know exactly what you're going to do and so what areas need to be starting zones and things like that right. so i get that scaling sort of has to happen in an open world game I it just to me it kind of loses a little bit of what sort of makes games in general fun to me, and that's that feeling of I'm getting better, I'm getting stronger, right. I'm getting you yeah. Know, no, I agree. I agree. I, I, I that's the method I prefer. Anyways, so it's a fa it's a fascinating sort of question and philosophical question mm -hmm, though. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. All right, um, Geo. Yes, sir. Let's pack our bags. Where are we going? That's a good question, actually. <laughs> Where are we going? We are doing a side. Are quest you sure? Right now. Are you sure? Let me let me ask you this, and then we'll decide if we want to if we want to do this now or we want to save it for next okay. time. Okay. I'm I'm going to ask you one. I actually had a thought of. Oh, one. good. I had a thought oh, of. Oh, good. One. And let's see if you want to answer it right now. What is what is um, an admission? A confession? A gaming confession that you don't want to make you like you would not want anyone to know and whether that is like something that you thought for the longest time or maybe something that you've never done in gaming that you like it's like too late to do like a game that you haven't played and it's just sort of embarrassing at this point okay. but what is a gaming related related confession you wouldn't want people to know but you're going to confess it live on the show okay i have one if you want me to go first sure. and allow you to think about i would it love to hear your gaming confession that way i can laugh a lot okay now this one this one it may not be major oh, like right. 
Like most people might think, ah, oh, this is nothing. But I was, I was actually embarrassed when just a few weeks ago, I discovered this. Oh no. <laughs> you, <laughs> you look like you're struggling just to say this. This is funny. So, so you know the the um, the genre, the like the roguelite or the rogue, you know, ro- whatever, yeah. you know, uh, and and that and that style of game, what it's like dungeon crawling, or, you know, and uh, uh, you go down, you get loot, you get better, and it's like that's the gameplay of loot, yeah. right? You're like diving in dungeons and stuff. Okay, so this is like a two-parter. First of all, I thought that the only thing that there was was Rogue Lights, L-I-T-E-S. I did not know that that there was also Rogue Like with a K, with L-I-K-E-S, because I did not know that the name comes from an actual game called Rogue, which began the genre. I did not know why it was called roguelites and I was too afraid to ask anyone because I'm like what is like <laughs> rogue have to I was like are you sneaky but I'm like nah, it's more like a dungeon crawling thing so there you go I number one did not know why it was called roguelikes because I didn't realize that there was a rogue and then number two I did not know that roguelike was a thing as in this game is, is like rogue I always I thought that they were all rogue lights, and I, it didn't make any sense to me. Well, so you you've researched this, you've you've come up with the you you understand it all now. I do understand it now. Okay. It, it started it started with the it started with the realization that rogue like was a thing, and I was like, oh wait, so it's like rogue and then i looked up rogue and i was like okay yeah so this was sort of like the granddaddy of uh, <laughs> the og so it's like a metroidvania where that uh, has origins in metroid okay. yeah so okay like, all right well that's good that's good i'm glad that you're on board now um okay so you've had time to think of this <laughs> um i will confess as old as i am i have never beaten super mario brothers and neither have okay. I. <laughs> I don't feel bad about okay. it though. All right, I got. I'm terrible. I got another one. All right. Um, okay. Rock Band. Okay. When I play Rock Band, um, I grab the mic, and I feel like I'm on stage. I absolutely love rocking the mic, and I sing like I'm Freddie Mercury, and I don't hold back. I piss the neighbors off. Um, I, I mean, I bother the neighbors, and um. I uh I get really into it. I really get into playing rock bands. That that's I got great. nothing, man. <laughs> that's all I got. That's a good. I mean, that's a good I mean, one. It, I mean, it I, stems from. I would not feel embarrassed with either of those, but I, I I think both of those are good. Yeah. Yeah. No. I mean, um, when I do the rock band, I feel like it brings out my younger days when I was in the band and everything. Like the spirit of young oh, Geo man. comes over yep. you. Yeah. Love it. Absolutely love it. Sea monkey steel. Yes. Sing it, bud. <laughs> that, that's good. That's good. Uh, but but we would like to hear from all of you guys. If you guys have any gaming related confessions, something that you kind of like don't want to tell anybody at this point. <laughs> now we're giving you a, a reason to tell people. We gotta share the embarrassment. Oh, we gotta we gotta share the share the pain. Um, 
but yeah, I thought that was, I thought that was interesting. Yeah. Oh, roguelike. <laughs> it's a good thing you never had to review any, did you? No, no. I mean, that's it's really it's really not my genre yeah. anyway. And I mean, we we know why because like I knew nothing about it. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. That's funny. Oh man. Anyway, ladies and gentlemen, that's going to wrap up. Episode 29 of the Switch RPG Podcast. Thank you so much for listening and for sending your questions in. Uh, remember, if you want to be part of the show, you can email us through that podcast or through that question form at switchrpg.com slash podcast. Uh, remember, you can listen to our show each and every Friday or watch us on YouTube. Uh, if you like us live... I guess I should tell you when we record. We record every Wednesday night at 9.30 Eastern, U.S. Eastern. <laughs> Eastern, U.S. Eastern. <laughs> Eastern. Wait uh, that, that is 8.30, 8.30 uh, p.m. Central time for all of you people who live in my time zone. Uh, so, so if you want to catch us live, you can do that on YouTube. You can find us at youtube.com slash switch RPG because we've got a cool, a cool named handle nice. now. Um, and remember, if you're listening on a podcast app, uh, you can go give us a rating and a review. Uh, we would love it on iTunes because iTunes is king of the world. Uh, so if you could give us a rating and review on there, that'd be great. It would help us in the ratings and ranks and it'd help people find us and all that good stuff. If you like what you hear, you can always head over to patreon.com slash and throw us a dollar or two. If not, we totally understand you just be part, being part of the community and uh, watching all of our stuff, listening to our stuff, liking our stuff, talking to us is all that matters. Remember, we love you guys. Yes. Until next week. I don't. I don't know. I don't have Inquisition anymore. So, like, what, you, what is? What there? are you gonna do? I've got my switch back. Yes. Thanks to Geo. Yes. I, I would like to. I would like to throw it out there. My my wonderful co-host has allowed me to have my switch back because he sent me a power yes, cable. Yes, not a problem. Um, also, in the works, um, now we did go over some uh, video game award type of things. Uh, we at Switch RPG um, are going to be doing somewhat of our own, uh, some somewhat of our own deal. So look out for that as well. We'll have to wear suits on that episode and actually you, do a game. You award. better wear a suit because you know I am. Well, yeah, but I mean, like last time you didn't tell me that we had to dress up. Yeah, well, I figured, you know, it's our first guest. You, you should just know you got to dress up. And you didn't. You failed. <laughs> Game Awards will both dress up. I'll burn up in this, this, this room with all the lights. Anyway, <laughs> love you guys. See you next right, time. Bye. Bye.